Hey, Carrie. Hey, what's up? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You still drinking your magic mind? I am still drinking my magic mind, yes, every morning with my coffee. I actually put it in my coffee. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like mine too, but yeah. I just drink it straight. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. Been helping me get a lot of shit done. How about you? You know, it really has um, because we have like every day is is always something different right like it's it's the podcast it's the episode we have to write it's now we've added a book because why not and (laughs) then we go to work and then we have after home you know after work home stuff and it's a lot laura it's a lot (laughs) it really is yeah i mean and for me i can't drink coffee all the time so i mean i would love to but i can't because (laughs) i'm gonna be shaking down the street here Mm -hmm. Um, yeah for sure i had to drink as much coffee as i need the energy to keep going and get all this stuff done and Zane's home and so now i'm busy with him too on top of it just got back from basketball practice so yeah keeping up with him and like you just said all of the stuff that i gotta do i know it's hard yeah it really is it really is and it's um it's, it's really easy to get off track, right? And to like, just allow your focus to be pulled in 19 different directions, especially in the job and in the industry that we work in. We work in mortgage, we're in the closing department. That's a very busy atmosphere. There's always like 19 files that need 15 things each. It's difficult, so. It's one of the reasons why I love Magic Mind because it's, not constant coffee all day long, all day long. It's steady energy throughout the day. And it also, you know, cuts back on the jitters. I don't have any jitters with it. And it does help me focus, which I need, I need because pew, pew, pew. Thoughts are all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. The the lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, uh, which sounds super weird, but man, do they help me like stay focused and yeah, you knew mushrooms could do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody did, but I, I mean, I, yeah, these wonderful <laughs> folks did, but I didn't know that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they does, um, you know, it helps boost your clarity and your focus so that you can finish your to-do list and move on to the nine other to-do lists that we have. So it's been a real, real godsend in that regard. Um, I definitely do recommend it to all of our listeners. I have been talking about it with my family and my friends. My mom has been taking it with me because I got that big box, that subscription box of 15. Mm -hmm. I sent you half and then she and I have been sharing it. So, um, yeah, it's really, really wonderful. And we both really appreciate it because, you know, we've got, like I said, life is busy. It's just so busy all the time. And this really does make a tremendous difference so I, I definitely recommend it to everybody for sure and uh for the next 10 days um our listeners can get 40 percent off their subscription yes. at www.magicmind.co backslash h-o-a-h um with the discount co- code um h-o-a-h 20 you can also get just you know if you just want to try it instead of do prescription you still get yeah discount as well so yeah subscription Subscription. What did I say? <laughs> Prescription. <laughs> Prescription. 
It is a prescription. <laughs> it is not a prescription, but it is a subscription. Um, yes, which is what we have. So like Laura said, you can get 40% off your subscription uh, at magicmind.co backslash H-O-A-H or for a one-time purchase, you can get 20% off, which is amazing as well. And that is with the discount code H-O-A-H-20. And with that, let's talk about some ghosts. Hi, sorry, I was just making sure that I had like everything up and ready to go for the next scene, which was us. Hi, welcome to History of a Haunting. <laughs> I love it when I catch Carrie with jazz hands, like right at the beginning of the episode, like she doesn't have any idea what's happening. Like, oh, oh, oh. like it's ear in a headlight. Right. <laughs> what? Jazz hands out. Like, what's happening? What are we doing? It's the best. Or you caught me dancing, like in the right, intro like... kind of a thing. Yeah. No. Um, yes, hi. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, we have a really cool episode to bring you today, and we have some really fun EVPs that we need to talk to you guys about. We're just going to get started in the endless vocal prattling right away. And the very first thing that I always want to tell everybody is that we are special guests at a paranormal convention. History of a Haunting will be at SpiritCon May 19th through the 20th, 2023. Come out and see us in St. Augustine, Florida. Check out your host. We've got Karen Tatros. She's a spirit medium, paranormal host, and an author. One of my very favorite ghost hunters, Dustin Perry. He is going to be there as well. And then the incomparable, lovely, wonderful, beautiful Andrea Perrin of The Conjuring House. She is an author, she is a speaker, she is a healer, she is an activist, and she is a UFOologist. We did have Andrea on our show, and she was amazing! Yeah, she's really great. Sorry, I caught, I, I, now I caught you putting <laughs> chapstick on. I need to cough. You say words I now. need to be lubricated. Um... <laughs> I need to be ready for the words. There's so many words coming up. Lots right, of words. I'm coughing now. Yeah, yeah, but then you were like, I need to be lubricated and maybe cough more. And it's just downhill from there. Right. Um, yeah, so Spirit Con, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be so fun. So, so fun. So, so fun. So, so fun. Um, because I've always, like, I've been to conventions, you know, I've been to Phoenix Comic Con, and I've been to a couple of Paracons, and the Carolina Con a couple weeks ago, and it's always really, it's always such a great time to just kind of walk around, like, the vendor floor, and just kind of see what everybody's got, and and I've always thought, you know, it might be kind of cool to be one of these vendors, and now we're going to be special guest vendors, it's going to be so great, we're going to have merch to give you guys, no, sell you guys, sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but we will give you our autographs for free. Um, <laughs> you get a smile and a hug. A smile and a picture. <laughs> and a picture. Here's your money right here. Um, no, so yeah, we're going to, we've got stuff and things in the works that we're going to 
be talking about. We've got time. This is our first convention that we've booked for 2023, and I'm not sure if I think that's the soonest that we can get on the convention circuit next year, just because we've got the trip to, you know, England with Andrea, and we're wanting to do that. And so I'm not, that's sometime in the spring. So I don't know if we can do anything before that. And I don't do investigations back here in the winter because. You know, I learned my lesson with St. Albans in March 13th, and it still was snowing. Um, so anyway, guys, yeah, Spirit Con, St. Augustine, Florida, May 19th through 20th, um, 2023. So excited for that one. And then um, also, I, Laura, you already know, because I have told you like 900 times, but I do a thing now, and I make paintings. I does art things. That's what I does. So I've gotten really into this um, pour painting, the flow painting. Um, and these are some of the pieces of art that I have made using this medium. Um, I think it's a lot of fun to just kind of blop a bunch of paint on a canvas and see what I can come up with using different techniques. So these are some of the paintings that I do have that I've made and I am selling. So Carrie does art things and she then sells these art things. So, um, for <laughs> more information and to place an order, all of my, um, art pieces are listed on the podcasts shop. You can find that at hoahpodcast.com slash shop. I have had a number of people ask me if I'm going to open an Etsy shop and no, I'm not. It's all about the podcast, baby. We have a shop and it's perfect place to start peddling my art. So thank you very much. Um, everybody just go check it out and if you want to place an order, that would be super nifty too. Um, I don't do commissions though. Sorry, not right now anyway. <laughs> Sorry guys. Um, but I do a lot of different stuff. Like I had all kinds, I have a Steelers themed one in there. You know, I just, whatever's blowing up my skirt that day, I, I paint it. <laughs> <laughs> so many wrong things about that whole sentence. The minute the words were out of my mouth, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, the, the Steelers were blowing up my skirt that day. Hmm, all right. Um, I, yeah, I do. Um, so I just wanted to show you guys that um, I've got so many different art pieces that I've done that I'm going to be adding all the time. And I've already sold a couple, so I'm really excited about that. So, um, And then... My last EVP, Laura, is we have we have not done a Patreon of the week in quite some time. And this week we have a brand new Patreon. Uh, she's actually been with us for a while, but then I had, you know, things and stuff. And we went on hiatus and it was a whole thing. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, our Patreon of the week is Christy. Christy, welcome to the chaos. We are very, very happy to have you here. We are very, very grateful for your generosity. And ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Christy. So this episode is dedicated to you, Little Miss. We hope you enjoy it. And um, that's what I've got, Laura, for EVPs on my little list here. Uh, do you have any? Anything I was else that I forgot? A wee little story about Ooh. my trip to Bisbee Pride this past weekend. Oh God, yes! So, Tell me all about that. So, for those that don't know, Bisbee is like the 
what is it known as like the small like the most haunted small town in america or something uh in arizona indefinitely Um, in arizona yeah i believe we mentioned it because we cover a lot of locations in bisbee mm -hmm. with the entity voices crew and i believe somebody said that quote but i can't remember what it yeah but anyway it's super haunted can't throw a stone in that town without hitting something that's haunted you really can't and um but it's a fun it's a really cool fun town um really enjoyed myself uh for the day that i went down there yay so we um at the end of the night uh there was a place called bisbee seance room and they do magic shows oh cool so kind of like what aiden um sinclair does at stanley um i think i think so yeah so okay cool um so we went uh to that and uh (laughs) it's a really cool setup i mean it looks like a little sands room so there's a big table in the middle and everybody sits around the table and the guy gives you you know the history of bisbee um as and then does magic tricks along the way right oh neat (laughs) yeah it's super cool so (laughs) we go in there um you know, he's ta- Zane walks in and he sees that there's like a Ouija board in, in front of the guy. Oh, and God. he goes, oh, great. Are we going to talk to demons? I'm like, oh, my God, Zane, shut up. <laughs> and he keeps pestering this guy about talking to demons. I'm like, Zane. Oh, my God, really? I want to hear you say demon again. <laughs> so then the guy is like kind of like distracts him with a magic trick. He he puts a quarter in his hand. and um, But first, Zane has to um, put his initials on one side and then like a little mark on the other side. So what do you think is Marcus? I don't know. I I don't even want to guess. It's a pentagram. So <laughs> Zane put a pentagram on his quarter. Yeah. So he the guy told him to draw you know a symbol on one side and his initials on the other. So he decided to write a pentagram. I'm like, great. So at that point, I'm like, listen, I have a paranormal podcast. He's not insane. He just is writing this stuff maybe too much. <laughs> Like it's not he's not like just you know a demonic child i mean but... <laughs> so the guy does the trick <laughs> oh my god uh, and we go through the whole thing and um actually i mean it's really entertaining the tricks are really good and uh, oh cool everybody has like a, yeah everybody had a really good time um so zane <laughs> ends on a joke with um he gets to pick the card out right pick pick a card out of the deck yeah and it's the nine of hearts and zane goes oh that's how i feel about my mom and everybody around the table is like oh and he goes but it's not a 10 (laughs) oh my (laughs) i'm like you think it's his podcast you got jokes (laughs) i mean my god zane that's wit though That's yeah. wit, though. But that I'll tell you. So cool. If you it's not head down to Bisbee, though. I would uh, recommend it. The guy does a great history. Cool. Um, coming from somebody who knows, and the 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 magic is is super fun and neat. Especially if you have kids like like I did with me, so yeah. Uh, Zane loved it. He's still talking about it. So oh, that's wonderful. Totally, absolutely worth it. Yeah. And apparently, you know, your kids <laughs> might make fun of you too. It's always good. <laughs> I mean, it's. <sighs> The podcast is doing really well. Our egos are getting a little big. We need our kids to take us down a notch or 12. You know, they're good for that. Our boys are. Anyway. 100%. Right? Little (laughs) punk asses. Okay. Sorry. Um, It's not a 10. I got to work that into the show notes somehow. Uh, (laughs) Zane says, or (laughs) Laura's a nine, but. (laughs) 
<laughs> his love for his mom is a nine, but it's not a ten. Because she wouldn't let him summon a demon on the Ouija board. <laughs> Seriously. I can't win. I can't win, right? Carrie. <laughs> you really can't. Can't win for losing. It's just the way that it goes around here. Oh my God, that's the it's best. Like pentagrams and quarters. <laughs> right? God. <laughs> Had no idea that's all it took to summon a demon. Right. Just asking. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. I knew you were trying to figure out something to do this weekend because we had a long weekend for from work for Juneteenth, and I knew you were trying to figure out something to do. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really nice. Great. Okay. Cool. Hmm? All Can right. In this episode here. Yeah. Where are we taking them today, Little Miss? It's an international location. I'm very excited. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh no! Club of Dublin slash Montpelier Heel. Heel. Mont. Montpelier Hill or Hill? Hill. I'm just. Oh, I was like, what? Did I? Am I pronouncing something wrong? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just being a jackass. Um, and then so you wonder why your kid sources, is one. Right. And then I wonder why my kid makes fun of me. Mm-hmm. So our sources for today are wikipedia.org, blather.net, dublin.ie, evoke.ie, and historyofyesterday.com. Neat. I like that one. Yeah, cool stuff. Blather.net, though, that's. I was like, mm hmm. Is it just like a, like a hot gossip website or something? That's just kind of what it. Hot goss <laughs> of Ireland, <laughs> right? One hundred percent. All the hot goss. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, let's talk about this Hellfire Club. See if we want to join. I would love to. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Hellfire <laughs> Club. Um, that's a name for several exclusive clubs for high society rakes established in Britain and Ireland in the 18th century. Okay. Um, if you don't know what a rake is, like, why wouldn't you? Um, it means rake hell or hellraiser. Um, oh. It's an antiquated term for a man who spends his time drinking, gambling, and womanizing. Okay. Um, All right. So you're like, I think it sounds like a great time. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> Say less. I'm on my way. <laughs> so... Since that lifestyle required a fair amount of free time, (laughs) rakes typically were members of the upper class. Sorry, Laura, on both counts. And and my dreams fall apart again. Right, immediately, before they even take off. (laughs) So, uh, let's talk about the very first Hellfire Club. Um, Philip, the Duke of Wharton, is credited with founding the very first so-named Hellfire Club in 1719. Um, He was just 20 years old. So the primary purpose of Wharton's club was a performance of satirical, satirical, and this is going to be one of those days where I can't Uh-oh. say Great. any of the words. Cool. All right. Sorry, Aaron, uh, in advance. Ceremonies, yeah. Uh, possibly inspired by the works of Voltaire and the then popular fad among the upper classes of blasphemy. Um, it, a fad of blasphemy? It really was. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. It was all about um, just poking fun at the church and well i mean by then like england had split with you know the catholic Mm -hmm. church and yeah so the church protestants were just making their way across yeah so i guess i can see it okay yeah yeah well he supposedly um anointed the or appointed the devil as president um but this now tends to be considered more of a joke than evidence that club members were satanists I mean, God willing. Right? (laughs) 
So unlike later Hellfire clubs, Wharton's club accepted women as full members. Neat. There you go. I cool. Could, I could actually join. You, you could. Um, the club held its meetings on, Saturday, on Sundays at various locations around London. Um, according to Jeffrey Ashes, the Hellfire Club's a history of anti-morality, club members came to meetings dressed as characters from the Bible and dined on such delicacies as Holy Ghost Pie, Breast oh of Venus, Devil's Loin, <laughs> and while they uh, drink Hellfire Punch. What's in that fireball? Probably. And Kool-Aid. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. All right. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Old-timey so jungle much. juice. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't think you want to know what's in it. Don't ask. Just no. drink it. Just drink it. Probably came from the streets anyway. <laughs> it was on fire two minutes ago. It was on fire two minutes ago. Uh, so Wharton's club was disbanded in 1721 when his political enemies convinced King George I to prohibit such um, impieties. He sub subsequently joined the Freemason um, Society and became its Grand Master of England in 1722. Wow, he was so quite accomplished for right being so for young. Somebody really just like kind of hanging out and just yeah <laughs> having a good time leonardo dicaprioing his life his way through life <laughs> <laughs> so the duke's party hardy lifestyle eventually did catch up with him and he died a penniless alcoholic at the age of 32 i mean the so bigger they are the harder they fall <laughs> <laughs> i'm like now something i can relate to <laughs> fucking hurts doesn't it <laughs> right um but the Hellfire Clubs that he started would continue and more were founded um, around England and, like we said, Ireland. So the Dublin Hellfire Club uh, was located on Mount Pel Pelier Hill. Hill. <laughs> Hill. Here we go. It's believed to be one of the first Freemason lodges in Ireland. Mm. Um, this building, a hunting lodge built in around uh, 1725 by William Connolly, uh, was originally called... Mount Pillier, and since it, its construction, the hill has also gone by the same name. Okay. So, yeah, like once he named it, it's just been that since 1725. Sure. So, in a weird coincidence, um, it was the same Philip Wharton that started the original Hellfire Club who sold um, the hill and the estates of Rathfenham to William Connolly, which oh. would later become the site of the Dublin Hellfire Club. Okay. All right. All right. So originally on the top of the hill, there was an ancient passage grave with a card of stone stacked on top. Uh, William Speaker Connolly uh, was one of the wealthiest men in Ireland. Um, so he came along, built his hunting lodge on top of it. Rude. Yeah. So Connolly is said to have destroyed the carn while building the lodge using one of the grave's standing stones as the mantle for his fireplace. Okay. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Mm, kind yeah. of a no-no. Mm-hmm. That's just gross. <laughs> yeah. So St. John Joyce mentions a satanic appearance in his The Neighborhood of Dublin, published in 1912, due to the use of part of the stone in the construction of the lodge. It reads, Shortly after the house was built, the slated roof was blown off one night in a tremendous storm. By the agency of the devil, it was popularly believed, on account of the sacrilegious conduct of the builder in desecrating the old carn. But Squire Connolly was not a man to be easily beaten, and so he set to work and built a massive arched roof of stones keyed together 
as in a bridge, and of such impregnable strength that it has effectually withstood the efforts of wind or devil, whichever it was, from that day to this. <laughs> wow, okay. Right. Um, so after Connolly's death, uh, the lodge was sold, and it's said to have become a meeting place for the first at the Irish slash Dublin Hellfire Club. Gotcha. Um, a club that was founded in 1735 by Richard Parsons, a man known for dabbling in black magic. Oh, I mean, because that's what was missing from this story. I mean, that's what we needed, right? <laughs> but all good clubs have. do black magic on top of the place that was a grave that was. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. desecrated. And yeah, yeah, that's, let's that's add some black magic. That's what this. Do this. That's what this needs. <laughs> right. So by all accounts, Persons was a drinker, gambler, and womanizer who reveled in shocking those around him. Um, his exploits included greeting his neighbor, the clergyman, Dr. Madden, in the buff. Nah. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> he likes to be mm. naked. I think I, yeah. I think I used to live next door to that guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James Wordsdale um, is a sometimes credited co-founder who also went on to found another Hellfire Club in Limerick. So these started going everywhere. I just think it's so interesting that they just caught on. I mean, they sound like fun. Uh, evidence of the identity. <laughs> they caught on as Hellfire does. <laughs> right. <laughs> and some other members comes from a painting by uh, James Warsdale entitled The Hellfire Club Dublin, now held in the National Gallery of Ireland. Um, it shows oh, cool. five members of the club seated around a table. And the five men are Henry, Fourth Baron, ba- Fourth Baron Barry of Santry. That's not hard to say. Mm-mm. Simon Luttrell, Lord Ernham, Colonel Henry Ponsonby, Colonel Richard St. George, and Colonel Clements. Um, Henry Barry, um, the Lord of Santry, was a renowned drunk and an angry one at that. Wow, all right. Um, he is said to be responsible for at least one murder, with some accounts suggesting that he set fire to his chairman's sheets as he lay sick in bed. Um, but he always managed to escape prosecution. Oh, God. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah. So these sound like just stand-up gents. So <laughs> legend states that the Landover Simon Luttrell promised the devil his soul in seven years' time in exchange for clearing his debts. Uh, when the devil supposedly came to collect, the quick-witted Luttrell managed to distract him and flee. Hmm. It's a fanciful tale, but what is known is that after the collapse of the club, he returned to the UK where his ruthlessness saw him become first Earl of Carhampton and subsequently named the worst man in England (laughs) in the poem, The Diaboliad. Eerily, he somehow managed to outlive all of the other club members. Mm, That is curious. It is very curious. So the English and Irish Hellfire Clubs did not appear to be particularly rigid formal structures. Um, They would perhaps be more accurately to be described as a shared special interest group. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I mean, right. It's not wrong. No, no, that's, it sounds about right. (laughs) That's how you would look for that on Meetup. Um, designed merely for hedonistic and self-indulgent pleasure with a view to amusing themselves and shocking society. Again, Um, I think I saw that on Meetup. Right. Um, However, there did appear to be at least ceremonial roles. Um, For example, James Worsdale served as the master of the revels um, of the Dublin Hellfire Club. Huh. Okay. All right. 
So now, the principal meeting place for the Hellfire Club is said to have been the Eagle Tavern that once stood on Cork Hill in Dublin. Or should I have said Cork Heel? Cork Heel, yeah. Heel, okay. Um, There is some doubt as to whether the Irish Hellfire Club regularly met in the hunting lodge on Montpelier Hill. William Domble Hancock wrote in 1889, quote, The tradition that the Hellfire Club held some of their meetings here may have been founded on fact. That mysterious and iniquitous assembly existed about the time this house was built, and a member of the club then lived not far off. I can't believe I said that word correctly. Aaron, you better give me a shout out. Um, Now, the Irish Hellfire Club quickly gained notoriety by their open mockery of the church. And that took the Enlightenment's questioning of organized religion to a new level. There's an interesting letter from 1738 that purported to be written by a member of the club who used the pseudonym Moloch, which describes Hellfire Club and its practices, including, quote, the sacrifice of maidens, which is presumably an allusion to taking their virginity rather than actual human sacrifice, though that has been taken as a literal remark by later commentaries. So... Um, additionally, new members had to make the following declaration, quote, Pluto, I am thine. I, by the, I, by thy efficacious mighty self, do swear all that is called good by priest rid fools entirely to abandon and let nothing and to let nothing share the least part of my favor, but what is solely urged by most vicious and libidiousness desires. Woof. I know. Good one. That was, I added the wolf. That wasn't part of it. Yeah. Man, that was a tongue twister. I was like, I am never going to get through this. So anyway, (laughs) the Hellfire Club soon became known for its excesses. Um, If I don't know how it wasn't before, but all right. Um, Which were often conducted in public. Its heavy drinking sessions were sometimes attended by sexual assault and violence, ending in murder on at least one recorded occasion. Um, The group's wild excesses and blasphemous acts came to the attention of Jonathan Swift, who was an Irish satirist, 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 Aaron, write that down. Um, Nothing sounds right today. I'm Nothing like, sounds right today. Yeah, I'm looking at the word and, and I'm like, that can't be right either. Um, anyway, satirist and Anglican cleric. Oh, God. Are we sure? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he railed against the notorious Hellfire Club, describing them as a, quote, brace of monsters, blasphemers, and bacchanalians. Yeah. Back in Um, of whom Warsdale was the leader. So the Irish Hellfire, now you've got me saying hail. Damn it, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) The Irish Hellfire Club was alleged to have indulged in satanic rituals and to have made pacts with the devil. According to numerous accounts, the members of the Hellfire Club met to drink Scalthine which is hot whiskey and melted butter from a silver punch bowl. When I read Laura's script, I actually texted her. I was like, this drink with whiskey and butter sounds kind of good. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like it's either probably super gross or actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's like peanut butter whiskey. You wouldn't think it would go, it would be good, but it's delicious. Um, the butter would just probably make it richer, maybe like maybe a little sweeter, a little I don't know. Less um burny. Burny? Yeah. Um anyway, so hot whiskey and melted butter from a silver punch bowl. They are also said to have always left one chair at the head of the table vacant for the devil. So the president was named the King of Hell and dressed like Satan with horns, wings, and hooves. Uh, the members were also said to hold black masses in the lodge during which cats and even servants were sacrificed. Some say the lodge was de- deliberately set on fire in order to enhance the building's hellish atmosphere. Which, isn't it all brick? How do you set that on fire? Yeah, but, um, well, they would have, there. it was accompanied with wood and a lot of times, um, okay. obviously that one didn't have a thatched roof, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they yeah, they set the wood and the stuff on fire, supposedly. True, yeah, because I think it was after the Great Fire in London in the sixteen late 1630s that thatched roofs went away because that's kind of what London went up like a candle because everybody had a thatched roof. Right. Um, okay, all right, that makes sense. So now, however, the best-known Hellfire Club story, which, guys, this is going to sound familiar to you. Um, it's the one in which the devil himself appears, uh, according to legend, a mysterious stranger seeks shelter on a stormy night and a card game ensues. A member of the household drops a card and sees that below the table, the otherwise affable and charming visitor has a cloven hoof. His or her screams made the devil aware of their discovery and he at once vanished in a thunderclap, leaving a brimstone smell behind him. So, if this sounds familiar, it is almost identical to the story from Loftus Hall, which is a haunted house on the Hook Peninsula of Ireland, which we covered in a previous episode. Um, So, just want to throw that out there. It is, I mean, maybe the devil just likes doing this. Maybe, and also, maybe he should invest in some shoes. It's just giving him away left, right, and center. Right. <laughs> Get some shoes, man. I mean, oh my God, shoes. So another popular tale concerns a young farmer who was curious to find out what went on at the club's secretive meetings. Uh, climbing up Montpelier Hill, he was invited in by the members and allowed to witness the night's activities. The young man was found the next morning, trembling and terrified. Tradition says he spent the rest of his life unable to speak and unable to even remember his name. Not worth it. See what curiosity does <laughs> to the cat? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. So a black cat also features in one of the most famous tales. In this story, another young man is visiting a local farmhouse and he goes to uncover the activities of the club. The next morning, he's found dead. His host and the local priest, believing him to have been murdered, go up to the Hellfire Club to investigate. Well, that can't be good. That <laughs> That's just never a good idea. That does not sound like any kind of solid Scooby-Doo plan. Um, upon their arrival at the lodge, they see a banquet laid out and a black cat prowling the room. However, this isn't a really, it's not a normal cat. It's apparently really huge. So the priest also notices that the cat's ears are shaped like horns. And 
He happened to have a small bottle of holy water in his pocket. So the priest decides to attempt an exorcism on a giant black cat with horns. I mean, what else do you do? That, I mean. I don't think here kitty kitty works. <laughs> mm Nope. Now I see why my grandmother didn't ever like them her whole life. She hated cats. Um, I'm starting to see why. So the resulting exorcism tears the beast apart, releasing a demon. Now, the website of Killikey House, which is a restaurant further down Montpelier Hill, tells us some more about the Hellfire Club shenanigans, including of the burning, which they believe occurred around 1740. While it was in the hands of Richard Chappelle Burn Chapel Whaley. Whoa, that's a mouthful. Right. Um, that surely I'll get to the end of this guy's name soon, but maybe not. Um, he was so-called because of his Sunday entertainment, which entailed riding around setting fire to the thatch of Catholic chapels. Stand up guy. Right. Anyway. Uh, so anywho, the folk at Kilkey, <laughs> they tell of how following a black mass, a footman spilled a drink on Whaley's coat after slipping on the mass of drunken bodies on the floor. Now, Whaley poured brandy upon the man, setting him alight and soon had the entire building ablaze. Most of these people were too drunk to escape. So that's one of the more horribly gruesome stories. And that includes the cat. Um, <laughs> so Killikey House itself is actually no stranger to weirdness with the mention of spectral black cats related to the sacrifice of the one in the Hellfire Club days, possibly, and the discovery of a dwarf human skeleton below the floor in 1970. Weird. It's yeah, it's that what happened to that guy? I need I need I need right. answers. Like it's just, it, that and that was it. They're yeah, there's just bodies. Just bodies. Like, I mean, it's yeah. a really old part of the world, and you know what? You're gonna run into them. So, the Dublin Hellfire Club was supposedly disbanded following the death of Parsons around 1741, and over time, fact and fiction have become so intertwined that it's possible it's impossible to separate them. But why let that ruin a good story? We do know that Hellfire Clubs are still in existence to this day. The Phoenix Society, now known as the Phoenix Common Room, which was founded by Sir Francis Dashwood's nephew. God, these guys have such long names. I know. <laughs> so he was founded by Sir Francis Dashwood's nephew, Joseph Alderson, at Oxford University in 1781. It is the oldest dining club at Oxford. And if any of Dashwood's nastier habits are embraced by club members today, they're not talking about it. Secret Hellfire Clubs supposedly exist at Trinity College and Maynooth University in Ireland. These clubs are said to carry out similar actions as the 18th century Hellfire Clubs, including mock ceremonies and drinking alcohol. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the story of the Hellfire Clubs. Yeah, they're pretty pretty crazy. Plus, I mean, yeah. they do the the new ones kind of sound like just fraternities. I guess the old ones kind of do sure, <laughs> but with a satanic bend, right? Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I did read that. I mean, people are still so afraid of this, um, and we you know kind of talked all about the lore. But um, Irish ghost hunters like the the most renowned paranormal team in ireland um will not go back there really they won't step foot there yeah 
So, I like that. That's cool. I'd like to know yeah, why. They say um, that there's just um, bad energy and they they won't go. So a lot of people head up that hill. I know um, because it is surrounded by, you know, grassy areas. There's lots of trails. So a lot of people sure. from Dublin will go out that way um, during the day on the, on the weekends, you know, walk their dogs and stuff. But come nighttime, there are still supposedly people that are practicing. Um, say, there's still satanic rituals happening um that's awful so it's yeah like pretty pretty creepy out there um but it sounds like most people just won't like you know they're not going into that building yeah um and even ghost hunters are 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 afraid of it so of course we've got to go right (laughs) right i mean number one on the list it's number one on the list um great i'm excited i love the stories i just you know irish folklore is, is is great it's really really great and you know it you you can't throw a rock without hitting a ghost anywhere back there because it's so old. Like America is such a brand new baby country compared to all of these amazingly beautiful historic locations in and out throughout Europe and Asia. And it's just, there's just ghost stories for days. I mean, this podcast can live on indefinitely just Europe alone. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ireland, probably. I mean, um, probably, yeah. And there's a big uh, thing in Ireland. People talk about ghosts all the time. It's not, yeah, not a big deal, right? Yes, to, to talk about that with the with the folklore and all of that, right? It's very right. much alive. Um, it's very creative too. I really do. I really do enjoy it. Um, and it wasn't anything yeah. that was telling ghost stories and talking about the folklore and talking about, you know, hauntings and things like that wasn't ever anything like, uh, you're kind of fucking weird because it was done so often. And it, it's a Christmas tradition. Just like when you and I told that story at dark Christmas for our Christmas episode, like that's what families did back in like the Victorian era. They sat around and they told ghost stories, um, at Christmas on Christmas night. So, Carrie, you're like, I was born in the wrong century. I was. I really was. <laughs> Take me back to old Victoria and mm. Oh, my God. The dresses. Oh, the beautiful dresses. Also, it's, it's probably pretty smelly and hot and gross. Yeah, the air quality, not to point out, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's great. Yeah, no, great. a lot of them didn't have a lot of indoor plumbing. I mean, obviously, there was no deodorant. It was, yeah. Gross. Really gross. There's a fabulous... You talked me out of it. I mean, (laughs) we don't want to go back there. But um, (laughs) there's a fabulous YouTube episode. And it... Who does it escapes me. The name of it escapes me. But it's basically like what life was really like at Versailles. So back in that era, Mm -hmm. what life was really like. And what, like, Versailles wasn't this glittering, amazing place. It was actually quite smelly and filthy and... You know. Yeah, I know what happened there. I'm, it's gross. Yeah, there's 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 something to be said for you know being born in the 20th century. Oh, like, for sure. Like we were. Yeah. <laughs> At least we had deodorant. So there's that. Um, I like it. Good job, Laura. This was Laura's pick this week, guys. And as always, she hit it out of the park. So good job. I loved it. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Next week. Oh, what are sorry. We doing next week? I, we, I don't I know. hope that everybody enjoys it. Let us yeah. know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I don't have... 
um, anything to tell you about next week's episode because it escapes me. All right. Well, cool greens. Um, yeah, which we also need to record because you are out of town this weekend. Right. Okay, we'll have our meeting after we stop recording. Anyway, guys, that is it for us. It was a quick little show this week. Uh, just 45 minutes. But um, the things that you need to take away from this episode are vis-a-vis the following. One, Magic Mind. It is a game changer. I swear to God. Uh, number two, come to St. Augustine, Florida next May. Come see us at Spirit Con. Number three, I make art and I sell it. Come buy some stuff from me. Number four, Christy is our Patreon of the week. Number five, Hellfire Clubs are bad news. Um, or super cool. It just depends on your um, ideas of a good time. I mean, basically. Um, I feel like your little um, demon summoning son would probably be a good Hellfire Club member. <laughs> <laughs> about to start his own give him a I need mean, i'm sorry as soon as matt like gets, you can't come in this clubhouse i know as soon as matt gets home it's on you just but for real <laughs> oh my god anyway guys um and then lastly as always stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening bye guys we love you see you next week <laughs>